Thank you so much for that, Aidan. That was fantastic. You did a wonderful job. And uh, of course, as you can tell, I needed to organise the Word of God to be read twice because uh, uh, the message, um, you may need that to help you understand the message. I'm not sure if my sermon will help you that much. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, Lou, one of the pastors here at Cross Culture. It's great to be with you. Great day. Fantastic time, isn't it? I love the cold, the weather. It's great when it's warm and then, you know, it gets a little bit a little bit cooler. I've really enjoyed it this morning. Yes, and John enjoyed it as well, the change, isn't it? And you know, while I was uh, preparing this uh, message, I was thinking about Luke. You know, I mean, what, what did this guy go through? What, I mean, what went through his mind as he was writing this, this gospel? Especially when you think about today's message, you know, he's quoting Jesus here. But it was 30 years before he wrote the gospel that Jesus actually said these words. And today it was about, you know, families being divided. And imagine, he would have actually been seeing this happen right in front of his very eyes as well. He was seeing, not only was he writing it, but he was seeing it happening. Jesus' words being fulfilled around him too. Must have been incredible. Well, today we have our fourth sermon in this series. Uh, we've been going through, at this stage, the, uh, chapter 12 of Luke. Uh, Jesus has been uh, talking to his uh, disciples. You know, he's been giving them these various pictures, you know, like tattoos of what it's going to be like uh, to follow him after he is gone. And today we have another tattoo. The importance of faith when you know judgment is coming. Faith and judgment. What a picture. Let's pray. Open our hearts, Lord, to the incredible wonder and the joy and the great truth of your word. Give us today a real hunger for it, a real love for your word. And to live it out as well in our own lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, um, Luke chapter 12, let me just give you a little bit of context here. You know, when it started, we, we heard about Jesus. He gave this warning to his disciples. He said, don't fear people, but instead, let the fear of God control your life. And then after that, he went on to tell them to seek God's kingdom first in your life rather than, you know, other things on this earth, you know, like riches and stuff like that. And then last week, uh, David, Pastor David spoke to us and he told us about, you know, Jesus warning his disciples to be ready, ready for his second coming. Is he going to find you ready? Be faithful always. And be ready right now. And then we come now to these last 11 verses in this chapter. And Jesus is again, makes this dramatic appeal to his disciples. But this time he's also including the crowd as well. He speaks directly to them too. 
Uh, I heard this story. It was about these uh, young soldiers and they were getting some of their early training. Actually, they were getting trained to do their very, very first parachute jump. Wow. And uh, the trainer, the sergeant, he was telling them, uh, he was talking to them about, what do you do if your main chute fails? And then this uh, private, uh, very, uh, very slowly put his hand up to, to ask. And he said, uh, Sergeant, what, when, when exactly, when do I pull the reserve chute? And the sergeant looked him straight in the eye and he said, you've got the rest of your life to pull that chute, soldier the rest of your life. And that's really true, isn't it? And that's what this passage here is about. Jumping out of an aeroplane and having your main chute, your parachute fail, sounds like a really, really good time, doesn't it? To make sure that you're ready for eternity. And that's what Jesus is talking about in this passage. Are you ready for eternity now? Um, in this passage, I put into three different headings. And first of all, we're going to look at why Jesus brings division between people. And secondly, our need to understand what God's doing ourselves, rather than you know, relying on other people. And thirdly, we need to settle accounts with God now. Not leave it till later on. Let's start off with verses 49 to 53. Jesus brings division. Now, the first couple of verses in this uh, section here, Jesus says it with a lot of passion, man. Really, a lot of emotion here. First, he says, I came to cast fire on the earth. Wow. Wow. William Barclay says that uh, in Jewish thought, fire is almost always a symbol of judgment. And however much you may wish to eliminate the element of judgment from the message of Jesus, it remains stubbornly and unalterably there. Judgment. Jesus is coming like fire. You can reject him. You can ignore him and you'll be judged for your own sins and you'll be burnt up like chaff. Or you can accept Jesus' death on the cross for yourself and he will purify your life like fire purifying gold. But you know, the one thing you can't do is be neutral. You see, Jesus draws a line. That's what happens every time the gospel is preached. It divides people. Some people accept it, and others don't. Jesus' death on the cross presents us with a choice, and that choice highlights God's judgment, doesn't it? Forgiveness or dying for my own sins? 
Uh, then Jesus uh, goes on in verse 50. Now, whenever Jesus talks about his baptism, he's always talking about his death on the cross. See, that's the reason he came to earth, to save you and me from our sins. But we see Jesus' great anguish here, don't we? He says, I long for my work on the cross to be over, to be finished. I know I need to do it. I know it has to be done. But boy, do I long for it to be over. Because he knew the agony of the cross. And then Jesus asks his first question of three in this 11 verses. Do you think I've come to bring peace on earth? No, I tell you. Rather, division. We get a bit shocked, don't we, when we hear Jesus say something like that? I mean, isn't he the Prince of Peace? The non-violent one, you know, always advocating for forgiveness and for God's love? And, you know, the audience he was speaking to, I mean, they're Jews here. They, they, they understood what the Messiah would bring. They, they believed that when the Messiah comes, he's going to defeat Israel's enemies and he's going to bring an age of wonderful peace. Our society, what does our society think about Christians? They think that Christians shouldn't, you know, shouldn't confront anyone really. No, don't talk about judgment. We only want you to talk about peace at any price. That Jesus would not force anyone to make any hard choice at all, except maybe to you know, help the poor or something like that. You see, Jesus did come to bring peace on earth. But not the kind of peace that we're thinking of. He came to bring us peace with God. That's the peace that the Bible talks about. That's the peace that we want. That's the peace that we need in our lives. And only then can we have peace between people who love God as well. But you see, it can't bring peace with people who reject Jesus and people who love God. People who reject Jesus, they, they hate God. They hate the people who love God too. Because you see, when somebody lives a righteous life in front of you, it shows up your own life. It shows up your own sin. It shows up your own guilt. And, and, you know, nobody likes that. And then Jesus, uh, he goes on. He uses Micah chapter 7 and verse 6 to show us the divisions that the gospel tends to bring in society. And he particularly picks here the family in verses 52 to 53. We've got to follow Jesus above our family. Now that is not an easy message to sell to somebody who comes from a very family-oriented culture like, like I do and like it was in Israel as well. 
And you know, when, you, when you've decided to follow Jesus against your family, against their values, then you get criticised quite a lot like I did. Or maybe even worse, you get cut off from your family totally. Or maybe worse than that as well. You know what I mean. Many people have gone through that. Many people in Israel would go through that and were at the time that Luke was writing his gospel. And you know, the more devoted you get to Jesus, then the more conflicts that happen within the family. Now, J.C. Ryle, he said this, it's not the gospel which is to blame for these divisions, but rather the corrupt heart of man, the corrupt heart of men and women. Now, last Thursday was Australia Day, which brings some tensions in our community because, you know, so many past hurts have happened in our community and, you know, fighting and wars between nations but also between people groups as well. Peace on earth is impossible without God. That's the great message that we have as Christians, that we can see people reconciled one to another. We can have peace between people. No matter what has happened between them in the past. But only when people's hearts, when men and women's hearts have been changed by God. Only when they have peace with God themselves can we have peace between people. And that, you know, is a wonderful message that we can give to all Australians. Have you made peace with God? Are you ready for eternity yourself? Uh, secondly, understand what God is doing. Uh, verses 54 to 56. Jesus' second question comes up here. Why don't you know how to interpret the present time? Now, Jesus had been, up until this point, speaking directly to his disciples, but now he turns to the crowd and he speaks directly to them because he's got an urgent message for them. He wants them to wake up to themselves. Now, you guys, you're great, you know, at predicting the weather. You know that when a cloud rises in the west, rain is coming because, of course, the Mediterranean is to the west of Israel. And when the wind blows from the south, then you know that there's going to be scorching heat because, of course, to the south is the Arabian Desert. And it happens. It's not just a good prediction. It's certain. That's exactly what happens. You hypocrites. You know what happens with the weather just by looking around you, just by seeing the signs that are there. But you can't work out what I'm doing here today, Jesus is saying, at this present time. 
Now, just think for a moment what had happened in Israel at this time, in Jerusalem. I mean, the greatest prophet of all time had come, John the Baptist. Everyone had heard of him. Everyone heard of his teaching. And then, of course, Jesus comes along. And he does many miracles. And he heals many, many people. Do you know how many people Jesus healed? There must have been thousands of people. They just came to him endlessly. And, of course, just here in Luke, he'd recently... um, uh, brought back from the dead two people. It was uh, the son of a widow in Nun in chapter 7 of Luke and then Jairus' daughter in Luke chapter 8. You see, all the signs of the Messiah were there with Jesus. Yet, what happened? Nothing. Life just went on as normal. Nothing changed in their life. God is here with you and you don't change a single thing you do. You know, it's not that they didn't understand. They were just unwilling. They didn't want to know because they didn't want to change the way they're living their life. Now, Jesus is the perfect man who kept the law perfectly and he was always in conflict with the pharisees do you notice that because he would not stick to their man-made rules and likewise actually they wouldn't obey god even when he was standing straight in front of them because they loved their man-made rules too much. I'm sure that you know a lot of smart people who are just spiritually illiterate. They're negative about the Christian faith and yet they haven't even read the Bible for themselves. They're so willing to accept what other people tell them about it. You know, they don't want to hear the truth because really they don't want to change the way they live. It's interesting, you see, when people, you know, they plan for their retirement, they they look at how they're going to manage all their affairs, they think about it, they go and get advice from people, they get educated themselves about it. But how much time do people put to thinking, to planning about life after death? People don't even want to think about it. I mean, why are people so careless about God? (laughs) To some people, Jesus is only a swear word. They mock him. They live a careless life, or perhaps a lot worse than that, maybe. And then, you know, at the end of their life, they think... Jesus will be my friend. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Don't wait for God's judgment to come. Use your brains. Judge for yourself. Let me ask you, if you were God, 
Would your attitude towards God, would the way that you are living in your life, satisfy you? I mean, if you live your life clearly against what God is saying, then what does the future likely hold for you? I mean, it's not actually a tough question, is it? It's not a tough question at all. Judge for yourselves. Are you ready for eternity? Are you ready? Now. Then uh, the third point. Settle accounts with God. Now. Uh, Verses 57 to 59. And Jesus here asks his, his third question. Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? Jesus, he says to the crowd, judge for yourselves. You know, don't don't let Religious leaders do all of your thinking for you. Don't rely on them. God's giving you understanding. God's giving you your own conscience. So learn to think for yourself. Take ownership. Take responsibility for your own life, for your own soul. Don't go with the crowd. Don't depend on other people. Think for yourself. Isn't it time right now that you made up your own mind? It's your life. It's your eternity. It's important to you. You decide now, today. He's saying to them, stop procrastinating. Stop putting off making a decision until tomorrow. If you keep doing that, you'll just get to the point where it's no longer in your hands. It's no longer your decision to make. Don't wait till the day of judgment. Your life is finished then. Don't wait till it's out of your hands. No more room for discussion. No time to uh, understand. No time to change your life. You've lived your life. Now God will judge you. Jesus says in verse 58... Make an effort. Make an effort. It's an effort, isn't it? Making time to seek God in your life. Making time to read God's word, the Bible. Making time to to understand God. To understand what he's done for you. No, it's important things take time, don't they? They take effort. And I think that life after death is rather important. I don't think there's anything more important than our lives than that, actually. And so in verse 58, Jesus is saying to them, he's saying to you right now, let's settle accounts out of court. I'm offering you forgiveness now today. I've brought it. I've brought forgiveness. I've brought it with my own life for you. Take it. Take the offer. Take it now. That way, at the end of your life, you'll be judged based on what I, Jesus, have done for you. You see, that's the gospel. That's the wonderful news. That's the great story of God. 
A wonderful offer. Take it now. There's no time to wait. No one knows what the future holds for them. Speak to Jesus now while you can. Now while you have the opportunity. Now when you can put your faith and trust in him. Now when you can change your life. Don't keep waiting. Because you know one day, one day there'll be no time left. And then you'll be judged based on what you have done alone. And uh, verse 59, I'm telling you, you'll never escape. You'll never escape judgment. You think you will. You won't escape judgment. There's no escape from hell. There is no purgatory. You either trust in Jesus' death on the cross for your sins or you pay for them yourself. And, you know, it's not just making a promise to, I'm going to live a better life. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to try to do better. No. It's put your life in Jesus' hands. Put your faith in him. Put your trust in him. Follow him. Love him. And what does that mean for me as a Christian? You know, I've also got... A pretty urgent task, actually. I've got a big job to do too. I need to tell other people about Jesus. Because it is a life and death matter for them. I need to at least give people a chance, an opportunity to hear about Jesus. And to have that opportunity to choose him. Otherwise, otherwise... I know exactly what eternity is going to hold for them. It'll be eternity without God. You know, if you haven't trusted in Jesus, you are like that soldier plummeting down towards the earth. You don't know how long you've got before you hit the ground. You think, I've got plenty of time. When do I accept Jesus' death on the cross for myself? When do I trust Jesus? When do I enjoy peace with God? How long do I wait? And the answer is always the same. You've got the rest of your life, soldier, the rest of your life. But of course, none of us know what tomorrow will bring. You see, the sergeant is saying what Jesus is saying. Pull that cord. Pull that reserve chute now before it's too late. Don't wait. Don't wait. Pull it now. Let me end 
uh, with verse 57 of this chapter. Jesus is saying to you, he's saying to you right now, why don't you judge for yourself what is right? Don't leave here today without getting yourself right with God. And, you know, if you need some help to be able to do that, then please you know, feel free to come and see me or one of our other leaders in the church. Uh, maybe you know a Christian friend. Go and talk with them. And we've got materials that can help you with that. Uh, feel free to take these. We've got this Facing a Reality card, and this card explains why and how you can trust Jesus. We've also got uh, uh, this Eternity Track, and it uh, gives you a really good and clear explanation of the gospel. We've also got uh, a book that you can read about the life of Jesus for yourself. Uh, this is a free booklet. It's called The Essential Jesus. And of course, we've got Bibles, which you can take free as well. We've also got the Alpha Course. The Alpha Course is a great course. It's a, um, a course which explains and uh, tells you uh, about the Christian faith and you can ask questions about it. It's going to be starting in March, so please keep an eye out for that. You can attend that course and it's really, really helpful. Or you can ask any member of our church to read the Bible with you. That is a wonderful way of learning and getting to know Jesus more. Are you ready for eternity now, today? This is the question that Jesus is asking you right now. Let's pray. Our Lord, we, we want to thank you so much. Because if it wasn't for you opening our eyes, uh, none of us here would, would be able to understand and appreciate all that you've done for us how careless we've been in our own lives and we still are so often because we don't think about you or we don't think about eternity as much as we should. We're so fixated on our life, on the here and now, so much that we don't think about what's really important. Thank you that you opened our eyes to see Jesus and what he's done for us and we, we want to pray for our neighbours and our friends and people in, in Melbourne here and in Australia and, and beyond, that you'll open their eyes to, to see the reality, to see beyond this world, to glimpse into heaven, to your forgiveness and to your love for them. We pray that you'll uh, come to see those things. We pray that they will come to see Jesus. I will come to see the things of eternity. And we thank you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.